Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 17 of Hardly Committed. I'm TJ Walker. My producer is Nick Rouse sitting across the table from me at the Big X Sports Radio Studios in southern Indiana, where we do our morning radio show, Kentucky Roll Call, 8 to 10, Monday through Friday. We have a good time doing it. Hopefully you're listening. Hopefully you're subscribed to that, Kentucky Roll Call, same place you got this, Hardly Committed. And hopefully you have subscribed to us and you've leaved a review, you've left a review, and we appreciate all those things. We've got some recruiting to talk about. It was not a great week last week for Kentucky. When we did the last episode, James Wiseman had committed, but at that point, Vernon Carey had not cut his list. He has now done that. Uh, I'm not surprised to see Kentucky not make the list. Really, I wasn't sure if they would be the third team or not be the third team. Uh, However, North Carolina was. I was a little surprised by that. I thought if it's not Kentucky, it'd probably be Miami. Uh, But regardless, I think whoever that third team was, was playing for third as Michigan State and Duke both make the list, and they are his favorites. Uh, I give the slight edge to Duke right now, but but Michigan State's in a really good spot as well. So not a good week, all things considered, for Kentucky basketball recruiting. But Nick Roush, the good news is it's a new week, and Kentucky surprisingly has a little bit of momentum with some, some big news last week that Matthew Hurt will check out, or over the weekend, I should say, will check out Kentucky this upcoming weekend for his first official visit. It's weird how that works. It giveth and it taketh away. You think, oh my gosh, this guy's falling. Then boom, top five player coming on campus. Yeah. I, I, I've had a, a a few people, and that's true, a few people, I'm not using that as uh, hyperbole or anything like that, ask, do you think that the James Wiseman, Vernon Carey recruitments change anything for Matthew Hurt? Is it a coincidence that when things started looking bad for Kentucky and both those recruitments that Matthew Hurt schedules an official visit to Kentucky? Uh, yes and no. I, I, I Matthew Hurt was going to visit Kentucky regardless of where Kentucky stood with James Wiseman and Vernon Carey. Now, if Kentucky landed both those dudes, which would have been fantastic, but obviously didn't happen, if Kentucky landed both those dudes, then that would have uh, that would have maybe kept made it a little harder for Matthew Hurt to go to UK. But he still would have visited. Now they aren't in consideration with either one of those guys. I'm sure that makes Matthew Hurt say, "All right, that I would be the guy on the front court at a major, major program like Kentucky." where, yeah, they'll have good players on the wings, and yeah, they'll have good guards, and yeah, they may even bring in one other good big or maybe a good big will return, but I will be the scoring option on their front court. That has to be more appealing to Matthew Hurt. I believe it is. I think Kentucky thinks that it's more appealing for him. So if there is a little bit of good news in that is that Matthew Hurt sees a window of I will be the guy at a program like Kentucky where he probably wouldn't be at Duke, uh, up in the air at a place like Kansas, but Kansas, uh, there's a lot of other stuff going on there. And then uh, he's considering UNC. They've got uh, Bacot on the front court who's really good. Bacot. And uh, maybe they will get Vernon Carey as well. So uh, all good news, I think, for Kentucky and Matthew Hurt's recruitment. I think Kentucky's in a pretty good spot. Did. It's he, he's having one of those quiet recruitments too, where all the big guys are involved, but it's been pretty hush hush, and you haven't really known much. So it's I think it's good news that Kentucky was the first one to to get a, an official visit from him. Yeah, that's another question that gets asked: is do, is that good news? Does Kentucky want guys first, or they want guys last? Uh, I I I think Kentucky, from what I've been told, they prefer to have either first or last. You want either one or the other. The thing is about the first, and this was confirmed by another Power 5 assistant coach, was that you want probably the first because you're never guaranteed the last. 
they could commit. They could take two visits and say, I'm sick of going out of town every weekend. I'm sick of getting on planes. I have to, I had to do that enough during the AAU season. I don't want to do it during my fall and winter. You could have that. Uh, but most of the time in basketball, they do see out their visits. Football is different. Football, they may plan stuff. And then football coaches are a lot pushier too, which is kind of crazy considering how often people decommit. Uh, the parallels are interesting. We could save that for a different podcast for a different day in terms of the, the style of recruiting. But long story short, they would like to have first visit if possible. So, and I don't, and I, you know, James Wiseman visited Kentucky first. And I believe, and I think a lot of people believed at that time when he picked Kentucky as his first official visit, Kentucky led. So I don't think there's a coincidence in who the first who gets the first official visit and what it means for where that kid is leaning. Now, the perfect example with James Wiseman. That's never concrete. It's never a blueprint just because you visit them first and just because you maybe lead at that time doesn't mean you can't get knocked off. And that needs to be remembered in Matthew Hurt's recruitment. Uh, Paul Bean-Accardi said that he also wants to officially visit at some point Duke, Kansas, UNC, I think where the schools mentioned, which what a what a four that is. You want to talk about mm-hmm. blue bloods and powerhouses. UNC, Kansas, Duke, and Kentucky can't really beat those four schools. But the thing is, he hasn't set any of those visits in stone, which I also take that as good news. I think he'll visit at least two of those places. But I wouldn't be shocked if he if he didn't. And if he visits Kentucky, I think Kentucky's in that good of a spot as of right now. Again, we'll see. After he visits, UK will get a better feel. They'll get more time with him, his family, his dad, which, by the way, his dad was not happy that the news of the visit broke out. He hmm. wants things to stay really quiet. Because and I and the reason it I was makes told, your job easy. Well, yeah, no, no kidding. <laughs> but I was the reason I was told why, and this wasn't talking with him, Rich Hurt, Richard Hurt. Uh, oh my gosh, his name's Richard Hurt. What's wrong with that? Dick Hurt. They, come on, his parents did him an injustice. I don't. Yeah, it, it, he goes by Rich. Yeah, well, I'm sure all really of his classmates the, I, called him Dick. I Hurt. really never got the the the. You go from Richard to Dick. That makes no sense. A lot Rick, of the, it's because Rick, Rich, Richard, Rick, Dick. I think that's how it kind of different, the, different, the, different the, word. Different I think that's words, the, the different the words. Words origin. They're different though. Etymology. That's like saying, you know what? I'm not going to call your apple Country right there origin. an apple. I'm going to say it's an apple. It's round. Kind of reminds me of an orange. It's, it's an not app. orange, but it's red. Uh, so I'm going to call it an orange. Mm, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not. I might have the wrong explanation, TJ. But Richards are. I've dicks. always wondered that. Yeah. Maybe there was one Richard who was just a real big dick. Maybe so. Or maybe he – I'm not going there. Um, Anyways, Richard Hurt did not like to hear that this news got out. No, he didn't. And the reason why I was told is just because they don't want to have all the other coaches saying, oh, you're visiting Kentucky. Well, then here, you can come to this state. What about this state? This state? This state? And then they just kind of want to do things on their own pace, and they don't want to feel pressured, and they don't want to feel like they have to go take a visit just because they did something with another school. Uh, it's, it's you know, it's silly. So um, it's silly that he feels that way, but I understand it too. I've never been in recruitment. I'm sure that stuff gets kind of annoying, but he wasn't happy that that news got out. And they seem like a family that's going to be somewhat no-nonsense in the recruitment like they're not going to shrink teams along they're not going to just do stuff for dramatic purposes or reasons they're going to take visits when it works on their schedule and though and i don't think that necessarily they're going to take all five of their official visits but big news that he's going to visit kentucky first i think they're in a good spot there's some other analysts that that likes kentucky's chances this is a guy joel justice reached out to first 
a long time ago, as mm-hmm. he does with a lot of the early guys, and he was able to maintain and build a really good relation. So he's still the lead recruiter, but you better believe that Calipari will be uh, going – will, will, will kind of take over things, and I'm sure they'll put the four-court press on him and get him to know Kenny Payne and Tony Barbie. Speaking of Tony Barbie and Calipari, they hit Texas this past weekend for an event, saw a lot of good recruits there. Uh, saw they saw Nafali, Nafali Dante, which is a name I've mentioned as a possible hmm. 2020 reclassification. Uh, I'm sure they'd love for him to do that, although I don't have any intel on what side, if he's leaning or really, to be frank, if that's even a possibility. He's just been the name that's been thrown around for a while, but that's the tough part about following reclassifications. You don't know if they're actually working towards it because you don't you don't get to see their coursework or their grades or anything like that. Wait, they don't just like say, hey, here's our report card. No, they don't. They don't, oh, they don't do shucks. that. Yeah. That's unfortunate. I thought you might even have to sign it. Yeah. Uh, I. Uh, it would be nice. That, that would make things easier. Right. But what um, – also saw Jalen Green, who's a really, really good player. It's a uh, 2020 guy. He's not going to reclassify. But they saw him. They saw R.J. Hampton, who they've offered. Uh, they've offered R.J. Hampton and Jalen Green. So that was, that was uh, good for Kentucky. To go out there and see them, we'll see how they, I guess how, how how those recruitments progress. It's too early to say who I think lead, who Kentucky leads for in 2020. I mean, I'm having a tough enough time with 2019, let alone yeah. for 2020. But uh, it was a good week. Kentucky went and, and, and saw a lot of important players that uh, they're looking to recruit, and maybe you'll see a reclassification or two from one of some of these guys. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. All right, we got to talk a little bit about the DJ Jeffries beef. Ooh, there's beef? Where's the beef? Where's the beef? You did see what I'm referring to, though, I right? Did. Yeah, I just really want to say, where's the beef? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the, the, Also, he saw Tyrese Maxey. That's a 2020 guy in Texas. Saw him, too. The commit. Because you, you wouldn't want DJ Jeffrey's dad crying more if he didn't go see the committed players, you know? Oh, you be, yeah. you got to be at every game. Every single game. Otherwise, DJ Jeffrey's papa is going to get a little sad. Uh, no, in all in all seriousness, DJ Jeffries said if they play Kentucky next year, it's going to have a similar result as Kentucky faced against the Blue Devils this season, uh, referring to maybe a 34-point loss or a blowout loss if Kentucky and Memphis meet during the 2019-2020 season. I can say with 100% certainty that Kentucky will not be playing Memphis in the regular season. They won't be playing in an event that could feature Memphis. Uh, that's off the table. They don't want to play Memphis whatsoever after – Memphis pulled the rug out from underneath John Calipari for the Hall of Fame ceremony to honor him back at Memphis. They had a scheduled date. They had a scheduled game. Calipari had agreed to everything. It was during Kentucky season, but Calipari was going to make it work. And they pulled out the rug from underneath them. It was a pretty classless move. And after that, Cal said, I'm done with Memphis. They're, they're, I'm, I'm completely done with them. Uh, and I would have thought if they did honor him, if they went through with that and allowed bygones to be bygones because any coach in their right mind is not going to stay at Memphis versus getting a job at Kentucky. And the fact Memphis fans got so worked up about it, it's not John Calipari's fault that the program went into a tailspin and was irrelevant for the next 10 years. That's not Cal's fault. You should be thankful for what he did. But after that, it took the the offer off the table. And I bet Cal and Penny are boys that if they had honored him, even with the James Wiseman stuff, he would have thrown – Penny a bone and said, hey, we'll at least do a neutral side in Nashville. Probably would have never done a home and home, but he would have done a neutral side in Nashville to just throw him a bone and say, I'm going to let you get Memphis maybe well, back on the map a little bit. That that pe- will never happen now. Yeah, um, but people do forget that. I mean, he, he was boys with Penny because Penny sent some of his kids to Cal. 
PJ Washington's one that comes to the top of the head. Is is there any other team penny guys that Cal got besides PJ? Oh, no. Because I wasn't really around before uh, until that year. Oh, I I think it's just him. Oh, Petty was his teammate. That Petty was, was close. his teammate. Yeah. Um. They had another guy that played with them for a little bit, but I, it escapes my mind right now for I, I for whatever reason. Uh, I'll, I'll maybe I'll come back to it. Probably okay. won't, but maybe I will. Okay. Probably won't. Probably won't. But uh, a little trash talk from DJ Jeffries. How do you feel about that? You all right with that? I'm just indifferent. It seems like I just like of all people to do it. It's funny that DJ Jeffries is the one where I you know you don't punch down, so it's hard to clap back. But like. If, if James Wiseman was talking trash, he's earned every right to, but I just, I don't, I was talking myself into DJ Jeffries being good when he committed to Kentucky. I really was. Because, like, he's like a 6'8 guy who's... He'd been playing well, too. Uh, it was, I think, this high school season. He had finished really strong his high school season, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, there was, his stock was rising. But I just, after his dad's interviews, it's just, I'm over it. And it's it's, you know... Dogs don't bark at parked cars, and he just can't stop yapping. Obviously, he's got more animosity towards Kentucky when, at the end of the day, it's his fault that he's not going there. The thing that, like, the thing I don't understand, and this isn't trying to get on a high horse or something like this, and I, I would say the same thing if a Kentucky kid decommitted from Memphis and was talking trash about Memphis. Uh, Kentucky offered your son a chance at a four-year scholarship to play at the biggest stage in college basketball to get the most uh, publicity possible, ESPN all the time, NBA scouts. You are living like a rock star. No college player really has a better life than a Kentucky basketball player. Same conversation with Duke and Kansas, mm-hmm. but the Duke student body, a uh, bunch of weirdos and nerds and stuff like that. But Big nerds. They, they, you know, they offered your kid a chance at a lifetime. They put time in. They came and met you. You, you, you welcomed them into your home. They welcomed you into their offices, maybe even into their homes. And like they had built a solid relationship and. I understand. Hey, if that if that's something that bugs you that they didn't come or you felt like they didn't give your son enough respect after he committed, I can disagree with it. Kentucky certainly did disagree with it, but that's 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 fine. At least you have your reasons and you wanted a little bit more love and maybe you wanted to go somewhere where you felt a little bit more valued. But that doesn't make everything else that happened previously that doesn't just erase it. It it still happened and Kentucky still uh you know, thought highly enough of you and your son to make you a part of their basketball family and offered you, you know, hundreds and thousands of dollars in scholarship money and and gear and food and Swag. also just yep. being able to play on ESPN and all that other stuff that goes into it. They And then you're just going to go and trash them because maybe they, they didn't go to a game that you thought they should have went to. I think that's a, a silly thing, and I think the Jeffries are going to probably look back at some point and be like, all right, well, we kind of looked at that all wrong. If Kentucky had pulled his scholarship or they kind of iced him out recruiting where, like, they didn't go and watch him play for months, you see that in football sometimes, you don't get it as much in basketball, then that, that would be another thing. And I'd say, ah, okay, all right, they kind of did him dirty. They just kind of cut him loose. They ghosted him a little bit. They didn't do that either. They didn't go to one event that he was playing at. <laughs> And it really was like one game at that event that they didn't go to that he was playing at. Uh, so I, I, I think the whole thing is kind of silly, but that's fine. If Kentucky plays Memphis next year, I don't even know it, what Kentucky's front court would look like, but I can tell you the advantage would be so drastic from the wing and guard position that Kentucky would easily be favorites in that game. Mm-hmm. And then if you get a Matthew Hurt or you get a Nick Richards to return 
or an EJ Montgomery, who I, who I think is a little less likely than Goodnight, because I think a sophomore Nick Richards could at least defend a James Wiseman. He probably wouldn't be able to score on him, but sophomore Nick Richards struggles to kind of score on anybody. But, hey, junior Nick Richards, who knows what would happen. And then a Matthew Hurt would be a mismatch problem. And Khalil Whitney, it, it would be uh, it'd be tough for Kentucky to stop him. Yeah, and I'm, I'd just like to say that Ghosted is one of my favorite hip terms now. You like that? I like Ghosted. Yeah. Because it, it really does capture the well, what's going down in, in just one word. Hey, ghosted. you were talking to me, and then you just disappeared. Boom, bada bing, bada beam, gone. Ghosted. Ghosted. Boom, ghosted. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Not, not bad. Uh, all right, let's touch on a few other bases. Dante Allen, first game, 52 points. Not too shabby. Awesome. Yeah. That, that dude is being overlooked as a Kentucky player. He's going to get playing time his freshman year. I think he, he'll have a chance to be a good player for Kentucky his freshman year. I don't think a great or elite one. But I think there could be a time, depending on how long he wants to stay at Kentucky, where he could be the best player on UK's team. Maybe that, And I don't think it's completely far-fetched to think maybe that could be a sophomore year. Uh, but maybe you're looking closer to a junior, most likely. He's a great scorer. Great score, and he'll get better in some other areas. So, uh, congrats to Dante Allen for for starting his season off right. Go and go and watch County him this year. And, yeah, I mean he's not he's not far away. You don't get, you know, sometimes you'll have these kids come in for things like Marshall County Hoop Fest or other like traveling tours where you get to see him. But to see him on an actual Kentucky high school roster, you got it for an entire year. Um, I know he's got Christmas tournament in Ashland. He's playing in Lexington at Sarah around New Year's. And I believe there's one other. That's hey, you're only about like two. You're only like about two hours from from Louisville. If, uh, if it's a little less, it's about an hour and a half in between an hour and a half and two hours from Falmouth. So even just a home game, if you really wanted to make a trip of it, uh, and then you, you 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 from Lexington, it's even closer, and it's not a bad drive whatsoever. Right. Uh, you're looking at just about well, and I typed in the 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 wrong. The wrong foul. And I, and I will say, it's just only from, an, it's only an hour from Lexington. From from personal experience, it's really cool to like say you saw these guys before they became stars. It just is. I, I don't know what it is about it, but it's cool to see those guys early on. That's why I'm partial to PJ Washington and that crew because they were kind of the first recruits where I really traveled to watch them play. So. Make make it easier on yourself and go watch the Kentucky kid this year. Yeah, he's he's really good. All right, I want to touch on a few other ones. Keon Brooks, I don't really have too much new, but it certainly does seem like it's down to Kentucky and Indiana for him. I'd give a slight edge to Indiana, but boy, they love the idea of, of how Kentucky can help mold him into the NBA player he wants to be. Uh, some more uncertainty about how IU could do that, although there is a strong push, obviously, for him to stay home and, and represent Indiana as a native Hoosier. Jaden McDaniels, also quiet, unfortunately. I wish I had more there. I don't like how quiet things have been here, because at least with Keon Brooks, well, IU Kentucky, IU Kentucky. It's still IU Kentucky. Jaden McDaniels, I still, you know, I thought Kentucky was in a good spot. I still have no reason to believe they're not in a good spot. The only reason I would have is that people closer to Kentucky aren't saying as much about him, which necessarily isn't a bad thing. It's not a, it's certainly not a good, or it could be a good thing if maybe they feel well and they don't want to rock the boat a little bit too much. Things have gone quiet. I think the biggest issue with Jaden, well, can you get him off the West Coast? Will he fly across the country? His other options closer to home than traveling all the way to Lexington. Uh, but we'll see. Hopefully we'll hear more next week. And then Anthony Edwards, he's cut his list to eight. It's kind of the all the traditional schools, and you throw in Florida State as well. A huge, 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 huge Florida State lean. But once he takes his visits, maybe that can that can change things. We'll see. 
Uh, he's the guy that reclassified from 2020. He's down to 2019 right now. He's a shooting guard. It would allow Kentucky to have a really like fun lineup if, if the, all the pieces fell into place of having a Tyrese Maxey, an Anthony Edwards, a Khalil Whitney, and maybe a Matthew Hurt. And I don't know who the five would be, maybe a Nick Richards or somebody like that. But my goodness, that would be offensively, I don't know how you'd stop that team. That'd be a lot of fun. And that's then it's gonna be kind of the lineup Calipari is gonna try to build. They're gonna they're gonna lose a little bit on rebounding next season. They're gonna lose a little bit on interior defense, but they're gonna try to run teams out of the gym and they're gonna simply try to outscore teams at a high rate. It'll be fun if that comes to fruition. Even if they don't get Anthony Edwards, and I don't think they do as of today. Um they're still going to try to do that. So it's going to be fun. I, I, I still think next season is going to be pretty good. Uh, you'd really, really try to need to get Matthew Hurt to join the fold and, and join the mix there. Uh, all right, anything else that uh, I should I should touch on? Um, By the way, expect Dante to, to make a visit or at least to schedule a visit to Kentucky soon in the next month or so. Uh, I expect that to happen. And, again, maybe he reclassifies, maybe not. We'll, uh, we'll have to wait and see. Kentucky plays Monmouth tonight when we're recording this, so obviously we can't touch on that too much. Yeah, I've, I've written a lot about Kentucky's issues that I have. I still think this team's going to be really good. Offensively, I'm not overly concerned. Just perimeter defense and defense as a whole, very, very concerning. Not great right now. Pretty far away from great. But it's going to be a game-by-game thing, and you hope they just look a little bit better defensively each and every night. I think effort plays a big role in it. Uh, I would just like to just – TJ, can you just take your right hand – Raise it up high. Sure. Now lift it over your left shoulder okay. and pat yourself on the back because <laughs> so we did a hell of a job in our post-game, pre-game wrap-up of last week's game. I mean, we nailed it. Yeah, we did. Cal- should we, should we do it again? We can do it again if you'd like. Okay. All right, here's our post-game on Monmouth, if you're listening to this after Wednesday. If you're listening to it before, it's the pre- a, a it's little look into the future. Prediction, yeah. yeah. Man, Kentucky, they still cannot guard the three-point line. No, I thought they were a lot better from the perimeter tonight. Well, it's because they ran at them, though. you you got to run at the three-point shooters. Oh, the classic making an inside Just, joke to the radio show that <laughs> a lot of people probably didn't hear, although you should. Yeah. We'd love you to. Yeah. Uh, Nick, when talking about UK's three-point defense, just said UK needs to run at them more. <laughs> Which, folks, you don't find that analysis anywhere. Pretty just, good. Just run at the shooters. And also, solve all the problems. if you think I sound a little stuffed up, I've been sick most of this week. Um we're in a very cold room right now. I'm worried it's gonna cold. make it's gonna make your conditions worse. Yeah, and I've got like my still I got my hoodie on and a really heavy jacket over it. I can't put my arms down. Who <laughs> <laughs> uh, also while we're at it, Jeff Brown predictions. That's that's probably gonna happen by the time these I people. I think he's listen. taking the, the Louisville job. We'll see though. You're you're his beloved nephew. <laughs> yes, that's what it is. Um, uh, yeah, sure, he's going to Louisville. I'm just I'm just holding out hope. Holding that hope. No, I will not become a Louisville fan if he goes there. That's Don't worry, I, that's folks. That's not what I heard. Don't worry, folks. Also, I want to mention horrible news out of Vanderbilt about Darius Garland. Oh God, yeah. He'll that, be, he'll that's be a out, bummer. He'll be out for the. Uh, he'll be out for the year, and that stinks. He's a guy as a recruit that I covered. I liked a lot. It was just somebody that kind of fun to talk to. Oh, he was fun to talk to. Although, just watching him, he was like a really fun player. I'm partial to scoring point guards. That's exactly what he is. Uh, He's a little bit undersized, but, man, he's crafty, he's smart, he's good, all those great things. Uh, It didn't really work out with him at Kentucky because Kentucky had Emmanuel quickly, and Mm -hmm. uh, you you knew Quade Green was probably going to return and just a little bit too heavy of a backcourt. And you understood it. He decided to stay home. 
But then I interviewed, but you know, and then, so I was already kind of partial to the kid. And then I interviewed him at SEC Media Days, and I was like, man, this would just be like a fun guy to have in an interview for 30 or 40 minutes, just talk about other stuff besides basketball. He's well spoken, he's smart, he thinks about what he's saying, he's calculated. Uh, seems just like a good kid, and it's a great basketball player. So it's a bummer for Vandy. That's, that hurts the SEC a little bit. Commodores probably aren't going to make the tournament now, which is a bummer for them. They still have Simi Shatu, and that's fun to say. Go on, say it right now. Simi Shatu. In, in your car or your office, especially in your office, just yell and be like, Shatu! Shatu, Shatu, Shatu! But uh, that's a big blow for Vandy and it's a blow for the SEC. Um, so – there's two things I don't get. One, meniscus tears in football are always recoverable injuries, but in basketball they end seasons. I don't know if it's the cutting or what the deal is. I'm not. I'm not a doctor. But like in football, I feel like it's a six week injury. It's it's like easier than a broken bone. But in basketball, meniscus, it's like end of the year kind of stuff. I, I don't understand or differentiate. If anybody of you all have any reasonable response at Roush KSR, the the other big thing do, is he gonna. Does the injury keep him out of the draft next year? Because he is no, an no, undersized no. I mean, guard. If he wants to go, he'll still be drafted, and I think he'll be drafted as a first-rounder. Now, probably not a lottery pick anymore like I thought he would have had a chance, but I still think he'd be a first-round draft. I don't know what he'll do. He'll be in that position where he probably feels like he owes it to the city of Nashville, to, Nashville to come guy. and back and play with them because uh, they showed him a lot of love. But in a smart sense, one big injury to your knee, you're – skating on thin ice after that yeah and then you get two then it's just over yeah so it's probably best for him to just go get his money take the jared vanderbilt approach and just say take your time rehab as much as you need you'll be getting a paycheck and you'll at least get an opportunity to prove yourself i uh i i think he'll go and i think that's probably the right choice but we'll see uh all right so, with basketball recruiting next week we'll have an update on how the visit with matthew hurt went big big visit right there and then we'll be able to have a better idea of where Kentucky stands, the chances, and we'll have a probably hopefully more uh, – hopefully we hear something on Jaden McDaniel because how quiet stuff was over the last week is you make of that of what you will. Maybe just people aren't talking to me. That's probably the most realistic thing. But in all seriousness, uh, you know, there was nuggets here. Yeah, we, we feel good. We feel good. Now it's just kind of gone quiet. Keon Brooks, he can't be too far away from a decision, so maybe this time next week we, we have a, a, set, a set date for him. But it seems like it's going to be Kentucky or – or IU, and I do think if they get McDaniel's or they get Brooks, it probably will most likely eliminate them for Anthony Edwards, just because they want one more player on the wing. Uh, if that's a guard like Edwards, great. They would want somebody that could be a little bit more versatile, like a Brooks or a McDaniel's. But it's probably just going to be one more player on the wing, uh, and we'll see. We'll see how that shakes out. Um, before we go to the annex, this is probably a good time to talk about football recruiting because it's the biggest kind of football recruiting week. Oh, is this week. a football recruiting uh, podcast too? It's a recruiting one, so, you know, might as well get it in. Because this is the week where everybody's on the road. Okay, uh, hey, I'm for it. Stoops. Uh, we can just tease it, and then if it ends up like being bad, then it wasn't false advertising. We did talk football recruiting. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, um, and then some people will be like, oh, man, football recruiting too? I, well, I can't afford to miss this one. Exactly. And then they won't realize that they're really disappointed until probably this mark now. Right. Because I don't know anything. I mean, I, I, I've followed the news, but I don't have Well, anything. that's what I'm here for. Oh, Nick Kind Rush. of like I don't know anything about basketball recruiting. Yay, I'm just here for. They're not uh, scrawny. They're nice. <laughs> um, but this is the week where uh, all the coaches, they, they, they're doing their in-home visit tour. Stoops only gets one per player. 
everybody else they can do a bunch of them um, but Stoops only gets one and they've kind of they prioritized the state of Kentucky first they started with Wandale Robinson on Sunday they brought a whole caravan um, and then they've since gone to all the different places around Louisville which a it's good news on twofold because Kentucky could end up finishing the week with two more four-stars from the city of Louisville on their defense, uh, one of which is J.J. Weaver, who will be deciding on Friday. Um, and at 3.30 more, I'm going to be there. I'll have a live stream of the announcement. Um, I also think that in Weaver's case, Kentucky's been in a good spot for a while. I think he's known for a while who, where he's going, and then now he was just waiting for his birthday to make the decision. Um, Kentucky's been in a good place for a long time. To d- this morning, he told Larry Vaught that it's between Kentucky and Louisville. Vince Tyree's going to give him a, a visit because they still don't have a coach, but um, all signs are pointing towards a Kentucky pick this Woo! Friday. Um, and the kind of even more surprising news was that um, – it is surprising because uh, we didn't see it coming, but it, we should have, and I, I think we, you actually did um, on our radio show yesterday, uh, was Jared Casey's decommitment. Yeah. Um, a, it's when you're uh, a I love that kid's highlight videos. And Ballard's pretty bad at football, so the fact that he was able to make them somewhat relevant. Yeah, he did some, make them pretty in relevant. Re- in some regards, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but he uh, committed to Oregon. Kentucky was the runner-up back in the day, but the Cats kept recruiting him. Uh, Vince went for an in-home visit earlier this week, and then he decided to decommit. He hasn't had like one of those tweets where it's like, respect my decision, blah, 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 blah. Um, but he did have a tweet where it was like, uh, there was like a mind-blown emoji. Yeah. And he, he had like five of those. Uh, I saw that. He Rowan initially reported it. Uh, he... Casey confirmed it with the CJ um, later on. Um, So now Kentucky is the favorite to land Casey. Um, He hasn't done any more kind of interviews or anything. I think he's going to remain quiet. Um, I'm at the weird point where, like, I don't don't want to be a jerk and, like, bugging him, but I feel like it's my job to. So I don't know. We'll see if I can get something out of Jared uh, in the near future. But things are looking good in that department. Uh, All the while, uh, coaches are kind of spanning out across the country. We saw Darren Henshaw with DeMarcus Harris down in Florida. Um, And – that's where things currently stand, um, but over the next two weeks, I think it's two weeks from today is National Signing Day, correct? 18th? Or that'd be three weeks from today. Uh, yeah. Yes. Um, uh, 18th or 19th. Yes. Uh, what, let me ask you this. Who is the big recruit that Matt Jones is referring to? We know that you know, so tell us. Oh, here. The recruit is... Okay, you heard it here first. That's who the recruit is, but there is a big fi- uh, fish out there still. Big fish out in the sea. And you're not going to name them? No, I just did. No, you didn't. You that didn't was say with, anything. That you was didn't even the... do anything on the podcast. All you did was you just didn't say anything. I was going to put a beep in there, TJ. Come on. Well, let's work for me now. Yeah, I don't know who it is. But I, I've, I've heard some scuttlebutt like, oh, there's, a bit, there's another big fish out there, another big fish out there. But I, I, don't, I don't know the, the He said on his that. radio show today that no, only one person has guessed the right name. So it can't be some of your like big wigs that everybody is thinking, you know, because more people would guess that. So uh, you you wouldn't think that it would be a, an Xavier Peters, who everybody thinks it could be, right? Because the Florida State stinks now, and he was originally committed to Kentucky. Um, let's see. You you know, my guess is. Have we talked about this one here? But I don't know. You're not saying anything. Um, so w- when he initially brought it up, 
on the, the Free Money podcast, they were talking about a Clemson-Duke game, and then that's when he mentioned uh, a big transfer's coming. So everybody immediately was like, oh, is it Kelly Bryant, Kelly Bryant? I'm thinking it could be a grad transfer. Actually, no, he's already graduated. Damn it. I was going to say Hunter Renfro. That was my guess. There's no way he'd leave Clemson. Is that grad transfer? Yeah, no way. He's been like a the, – the Clemson fans absolutely love him. He's like a Darius Miller to them, or like a Dominique Hawkins. Yeah, you're right. But I, I don't know. That was just my guess. I don't have any. It's a bad, I, it's a bad guess. That's okay, all I'm well, saying. do you have a better guess? No, I don't know. You don't have any guess? No. Exactly. Save your Peters. Eat it. <laughs> all right, should we head on over to the Annex? Let's go to the Annex. All right, we'll be back. Uh, podcast within the podcast, the Annex. Welcome to the Annex, Woo. our podcast within the podcast where we break down The Office episode by episode, and we have a great time doing it. Uh, some people only, some people have just fast-forwarded through everything we just got finished talking well, about, Nick. To, thanks to, a lot, to, folks. To, to, to listen to, to this. But we have a, uh, just going along with season two, and next week we'll start doing Christmas episodes, but it's technically not December yet, so we're not going to do Christmas episodes just now, but... Uh, just uh, going along with a string of episodes that are fantastic in The Office, season two, I don't think it's underrated because I think most people know it's one of the best seasons. They'll say either season two or season three. But this string of episodes is fantastic. Ooh, Last yeah. week we had The Client. Mm-hmm. This It's just vintage Office. It's kind of where my mind goes when I'm thinking about The Office. Today it's season two, episode eight, Performance Review. Performance Review. What Came a out show. of 2005, a long time ago. Yeah, well, quite a bit ago, um, but it's immediately following the client, which get, it's quite a cliff, cliffhanger in the client. Oh, man, that was a tongue twister. Quite a cliffhanger in the client. Quite a cliffhanger in the client. Where uh, Jan and Michael made out. Um, oh, yeah. she, she cried a little bit and talked uh, all night. Um, so now we're going to know, oh, how's Michael going to handle it? And that's all this episode is, is Michael just being weird about yeah. them making out. Yeah, and uh, he he completely, as you often see from Michael, completely ignores all responsibilities of what he's actually supposed to do. Somewhat manipulates his his coworkers into uh, instead of figuring out what they need to work on, how they can better themselves, better their company, better potential job security. Instead, they're having to waste their time uh, decoding a voicemail. Who is your favorite voicemail decoder? Out of all of the people who give suggestions, there's a correct answer to this question. Well, I, I know, well, and I, I, this isn't who you're going to go with. And I know we give her a hard time sometimes, but I like how Pam is playing the game along yes, with Michael. Yes. She does yeah, a good job. That, that's what I enjoy. It's kind of you don't really get Pam fighting back a ton in the earlier seasons. This is one where she's like, "All right, I know what to do here." She does that. She did that in the Halloween episode too, where she's just like, "Oh my gosh, look at your tie!" Yeah. Like she's she's very good at playing the like. Um, flirting with the boss kind of deal to get her way, which might end up being why we don't like her. Yeah, and also you uh, later on she reads the email from Holly that Michael she, she Ooh, scolds yeah. Michael says you can't read it it's an invasion of her privacy but she has no problem reading it. Yeah, come yeah. on. No, but the the best one is obviously Stanley. 
Okay. It's not. <laughs> he's like, you can hear a lot from the pauses. <laughs> and he's like, did you learn about this in the hood? And he goes, in the ghetto, in fact. <laughs> that is great. And, and you know what? There's n- that's when you get cheery, Stanley. Because Stanley, he's just out there to get that money, see if he can get a little raise. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Angela is just freaking out. Not freaking out. She's excited because, in her words, she loves to be judged. Yeah. Um. So, and then she doesn't get her wish. Michael doesn't judge her. I I, I like it. Uh, <laughs> I, I like it that he says, "Pam, you're trustworthy. Thank you." And a woman. Oh no. <laughs> Pam says, "Oh no." And then they give her the 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 voicemail, and it says, "Michael, it's Jan. Guess I missed you." And they play that over, you know. I guess I missed you. I'll uh, I'll be there this afternoon for performance review. I hope it's understood that that will be our only topic of discussion. See you soon. And Pam says, well, first impression, uh, I think she'll be here this afternoon. Just, you know, kind of playing silly. And then there's the uh, the I missed you part. And she said she missed you. And I like their back and forth there. Yeah. That's one of my... Uh, that's one of my favorite parts of this episode. But the entire episode, I think, is pretty good. And then you have one of the best things, which I, I've i got a fun story about, but the suggestion box. Oh, yes, suggestion box, yes. Which is hilarious. And it, it, it gave me the idea at my college household to do a suggestion box, <laughs> which I talk – like, I, I, I cry a lot from laughing, like – Oh, from laughing, yeah. From, like, frequently. Maybe, like, once a week. I'll, like, somebody will make me laugh hard enough where tears will come out of my eyes. And I don't think I've ever laughed harder than when, in my college, we opened the suggestion box. And it and it won't really be – they're all inside jokes, but it won't really be all that good here. Uh-huh. But uh, we, <laughs> we were having – like, we, we would open it when we'd have people over because sometimes it would be – not just the people living there, but making fun of some of our close friends that were there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we had a few people over, and we were playing Mario Kart, and we were like, let's get the suggestion box. It's been a few weeks, and when people are drunk at parties, they put stuff in there. And uh, it was funny because the guy was actually here. But we're reading one, and we're kind of going through it, and I'm cracking up. And I'm like, well, this one – and then I almost can't even read it. It was more black people at parties, <laughs> and it was from our, our one black friend. We had, we had we had multiple in our fraternity, but the one that hung around the most, and he was actually at our house at the time. And he was like, oh, it must have been somebody else. It wasn't me. It, it was him, but that was... Uh, the joke was. Uh, it did. It did. The ones in... In the performance review, probably yeah. even funnier. Oh, man. The one we need more uh, treatment for clinical depression. Yeah. He's like, nobody's depressed. Yeah. And then they... Oh, yeah, that guy. He, Jan uh, says, sounds serious, Michael. And then... Michael is asking who wrote it. Dwight says Tom. And he's like, we don't have anybody here named Tom. It's clearly a joke. And then Phyllis gives the... Yeah, uh, Tom, he worked up in accounting about a year ago, which I like the idea that Michael would forget somebody that had worked there a year ago. Yeah. Right. And then she, she does the little shooting. Of- <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Michael says, oh, that guy, that guy was weird. All right, next suggestion. Wasn't the first one like, what are we going to do about the Y2K problems? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And Dwight, Y2K. <laughs> the fact that Dwight has to repeat everything he says, too, is just excellent. It is excellent. Uh, and then it's about his, uh, his, his coffee breath, which is great. Coffee breath is a real problem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you should do something about your coffee breath. And Dwight says, you need to do something. And he, gets, <laughs> he, 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 gets, he gets cut off about it. 
Uh, the suggestion box is, is hilarious. What suggestions would you give to the office, Nick Roush? To and give it, to not the just office? about this, not not to this, not to this episode, just to the overall series. What what advice would you give to the office? Um, my advice would be: you had a Phyllis wedding, you had a Jim and Pam wedding, but we didn't get a Michael Scott Holly Flax wedding. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you and don't. I, I would have loved to see. And you don't that. even get Holly showing up to Dwight's wedding. Yeah, a little low class. Seriously though, like she could have just made a cameo. Like we just been there. She didn't even have to speak. Yeah. I, were you the one that said that they they tried to get Amy Adams back for Threat Level Midnight? Yes. Yeah, that would have been great too. That would have been fantastic. But like, come on, Holly Fox. I, I my suggestion to the office would have been not to change Kevin. Either have him be like the lovable dummy at the get go, or have him kind of just be like the shy cynical doofus that he was they they really changed kevin after like season four season three he's like shy he doesn't really have too much to say he's not the sharpest tool in the shed but he kind of keeps to himself says these awkward things every now and then and then he just opens up he just goes bonkers and and he's i mean he's super talkative he's super personable and he's even like dumber than ever before i mean see i would disagree because a that uh, that can be a part of character development in that, like, oh, the quiet guy starts to get more comfortable with his co-workers, so he speaks more, and that's when he says dumb things. Um, there's no denying that they made him a lot more zany, especially towards the end. Like, when the one where he, he tries to use less words when he's talking, like, that was, that was a bit over the top. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, like, I'll agree with you to some extent, but I, I like the, the more, more Kevin. I'm fine. They should have just had him. Because, like, it just it, it didn't really seem to... To add up too much, but that's okay. My other suggestion would be, why'd you have to go and change Andy in the last season? Yeah, but Andy clearly threw... Like, Andy, I believe a little bit more. And and, and that's a, a fair take. Andy, I believe a little bit more because he's clearly just mentally a wreck. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, he's always looking for... He's got anger issues. Mm-hmm. He clearly has some daddy issues. He is always looking for some love and approval from somebody. Feels like he's got to be a lackey. He gets engaged, gets cheated on with somebody in the office that he's got to see and work with every day. Underrated part. Could, like, anybody ever really do that in real life? And still work like, there. Yeah, ha- like, on. work with a girl that you're engaged to and then have an office affair... And then you still just work like two yeah. feet from that guy. Yeah, you quit like right away. And you work like, you know, five yards from that girl. Yeah. yeah no that, way, Jose. No way, Jose. Which I'm I'm good with for TV purposes that they kept everybody on. You you can look past that for TV purposes. Um, but just how they handled Andy and now the way they handled their characters in later seasons. I thought the the first season without Michael, it still had its strong moments. But like there was no reason to keep Nellie around and bring her back up to Scranton. Like yeah, the, I didn't really love Nellie. Yeah, like she was fine down in that Florida thing, but like just let it be, you know. Yeah. And, and they didn't let enough be. Hey, you know we're pretty tough on Pam, and my wife hates it. She's probably listening to this. Uh, you know who like really, really sucks that also deserves some criticism. Who? Like in terms of being a bad person, I, I you know, I, I like their character because they're they they're funny at times, they're mean at times, like they're they they're good, but they're like really kind of a shitty person. Uh, Angela. Oh yeah, Angela's a pretty horrible person. Yeah, oh very. She cheats on people all the time. She gets mad when she gets cheated she, on, she calls, despite cheating on. She like is the pot calling the kettle black. She, to Pam. She all lies. The time. She lies about a kid uh, and who the dad is to the kid. Yeah. She gets a hitman to kill Oscar <laughs> initially to kill him. Uh, she's a little bit racist. And there's several instances of that, but when she's giving away, I think Comstock or trying to find a home for her cat. 
she is she says uh, I'll even let them go to a black family or a white family but just not both so she doesn't want interracial Ooh, yeah. marriage uh, for Ooh, her she's ca- homophobic for her cat oh very homophobic yeah, yeah. Um, just she is probably if you're going by like character of person she's probably the worst person she's and she does do she changes a little bit she loosens up a little bit as the season goes on but uh, throughout the entire thing pretty bad person judges a ton of people but has her own flaws. We need to probably go after her a little bit more every so often. Yeah. All right, any fireable offenses in this episode of performance review? Uh, the the prank on, on Dwight is Jim and Pam, which this is a pretty good one. They trick him into thinking that it's Friday when in reality it's Thursday. Great prank. They use a Donald Trump apprentice reference, Ooh. which is classic. That was really popular when this episode aired in 2005. Of course they pick another NBC show. Well, you got to. Yeah, yeah. You got to. So that was really good. I uh, and he shows up late after when talking with Michael trying to get a, a pay raise. He talks about how he was never late to work. Well, the very next day he's late to work, which is pretty funny. I usually go. I went paintballing with my friends. Blah blah blah. <laughs> I don't think Dwight would be so easily tricked on this one. No, I don't think so either. Although we all have those days where we think it's the other day. And boy, that's the worst. Well, when you think it's a Friday and you find out it's a Thursday, that's the worst. It's more understandable, too, back in the day. It's like flip phones. I know you're on your desktop, but like, I, I don't know how you could in a business environment like that where you're making appointments yeah. and stuff not look at a calendar. And to be so like in tune with, I go by what day it is based on my TV nights, <laughs> that almost would guarantee that eventually he'd figure it out. Right. Yeah, because if you if you do do that, and people do do that, you know what never happens, though? You never think it's a day ago. Like, today we're recording this Wednesday. You never think, like, man, I really think it's Tuesday. Yeah, you think it's Thursday. Which would be great if yeah. you did do that. If you're like, man, this week, it's slow. It's only two. Oh, no, really? It's it's Wednesday. Great. That never happens. In reality, you're like, man, the week's close to being over. It's Thursday. Oh, no, it's not close to being over. It's only Wednesday. It's the worst. It's the absolute worst. All right. Um, before we go, shout out to Drew Franklin and hey, a couple Drew. other people who are starting their rewatching journey in Game of Thrones. So I'd like to say if you're going to start it, now is probably a pretty good time because you get to what, April? Got till April. So that's, yeah. that's you know, you got to log quite a bit of hours to get to that point. Um, so now's a good time to start. When the holiday comes around, you want to be lazy, just pop on that Game of Thrones and get ready for some Kentucky Thrones radio. All right. Thank you for listening. Tell your friends. Kentucky Roll Call is our radio show, 8 to 10, Monday through Friday. <laughs> this was Hardly Committed. We hope you're listening to both, and we appreciate you taking the time. We'll see you next week.